Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Hello, everybody. This is the As for Football College Football Roundtable. I'm your host, Rob Robinson. I am the technology dude and the audio guy for As for Football. Uh, as always, we're joined with by Dan Ecobesa who is from Coastal Connecticut, Jordan, and Atlanta. And we're looking for uh, James from Brigade Review, but he's probably out doing uh, some cool things that are way cooler than being on this podcast right now. So we're going to give him a bye. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, uh, guys, how are you doing today? Awesome, man. Oh, my God. What a hell of a day it's been. Uh, I am very happy to be doing this and not what I've been doing the rest of the day. Whew. It's Monday, but it feels like it should be Thursday. But uh, that's just me. Yeah, well, you know what they say. Sometimes people have the case of the Mondays and you have to wear your 57 pieces of flair. And talking about 57 pieces of flair, <laughs> as always, the show is brought to you by Emblem Athletic. Emblem is the source for all your custom sporting good needs. Let them check out your unit today, whether it's a military unit, police, fire, or just your flag football team. Friends, we know a lot about a people. Uh, we know a lot of, of you are listening to this podcast or in the Army. And guess what? Summer is coming. And with that, you're going to see a ton of moves. And then you're going to see a lot of new unit T-shirts. Emblem can help. They have a super high quality. They have super high quality stuff, and their website makes it easy. Their artists make it easy. You fill it out a quick questionnaire. They lead you through the rest of the process, and they set you up a unit store. And there's no inventory for you to buy. So this is how you become a gear hero. So look good, play good, feel good. Emblem Athletic can help. Visit emblemathletic.com today. Also, keep in mind, folks, like it is Monday. We have a case of the Mondays. Get your 57 pieces of flair. If you buy something from Emblem Athletic, you only have 56 pieces left. All right. So we're moving into the top 25 uh, post-spring football edition. And this is coming from ESPN's proprietary – or this is coming from ESPN. This week's top 25 is has a proprietary SP algorithm, and these are based on returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. Number one is Alabama. Two, Clemson. Three, Oklahoma four, Ohio State five. Ooh. Five is. I heard, I, I heard you trying to go fast there, Rob. I got that. <laughs> I know. I know. I was trying to squeeze it in. I was trying to squeeze it in. Uh, number five is Oregon. Number six is Georgia. Number seven is Iowa State. Eight, the U from Miami. Number nine, Wisconsin Badgers. Number 10, the North Carolina Tar Heels. 11 is Washington. 12 is Florida. 13, Texas AM. 14, the State Penn. 15, Cincinnati. 16, Iowa. 17, USC, and not the South Carolina team the team from California, and we will not talk about the plagiarism incident there. Uh, Arizona State, <laughs> Utah, Texas, and the rounding out with the last four slots are UCLA, Louisiana, Michigan, Old Miss, and Notre Dame, bring up the rear with the gear, is the number 25. So the conference total for those of you that are keeping score uh, simply is the SEC has five, the Big Ten has five, the Big 12 has three, ACC has three, the Pac-12 has six. That's a head scratcher right there. 
The American, <laughs> the Sun Belt, and the Independents have won. All right, gents, what are your quick takes on the rankings? So I, I have thoughts. Um, Florida, I think, is in a better place uh, in this ranking than what we saw from CBS Sports. Um, Ohio State, once again, way too high at number four. Miami at eight, also way too high. UCLA, I mean, how do you even rank a Pac-12 team at this point? Because if we're looking at this objectively, and it's the you know, proprietary algorithm, whatever, returning production, recent recruiting, recent history. Well, no one in the Pac-12 played any meaningful games last year. There are teams in the Pac-12 that played three games. So you got to throw out all of last season. Returning yeah. production, okay, well, do you even know who's coming back at this point? Because people who redshirted and, and, and transferred and whatever else. And then recruiting, okay, well, that's a crapshoot because kids get there on campus and they realize that they were lied to and they want to transfer or they don't play their first year. So I just don't understand how you have six Pac-12 teams ranked in the top 25, more than the SEC, which is the conference that won the national championship last year, when the Pac-12 barely even played last year. So I don't get that. Final thought, Notre Dame at 25. I would have put them probably top 15. I think 25 is a little little aggressive, but uh, you know I'm glad to see that they're not number three. Um, and Louisiana uh, managed to sneak in as well. So, yeah, man, I uh, anybody that's been listening to the As for Football for a while, been following us for a while, might have seen my multi-page takedown of SP Plus and might actually be surprised that we are doing a show, and a top 25 based on SP Plus. I do think that they double count explosiveness and undercount what we might think of as game control or just ignore it completely. Uh, but it's still probably the best ranking that we have, maybe not in the preseason, but just overall. They do at least use some numbers and have some basis in reality other than the eye test for the way that they sort of rank these teams. But yeah, Pac-12, six teams. I mean, that's just not even, that just doesn't even make sense. Like that doesn't register. And then, you know, again, how do they have Liberty not on there? This is a team that went 10-1 last year, has 20 starters returning. They've even, according to uh, SP Plus, they're supposed to go at least 9-3, and three, probably 10-2. and two. Like, what else do you want for them in terms of recent history, returning production and, you know, recruiting? That just doesn't that just doesn't make sense. And they got they got uh, Liberty at 42. Uh, it is worth noting that Army, since we're all Army fans on this podcast, is, I think, coming in either 72 or 77. So a lot of times we talk about like what the average college football team is worth. So Alabama is, quote, 30.7 points better than the average college football team this year. Friends. Army is actually the average college football team, which which I think is kind of fascinating. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair, especially after the preseason and, and knowing how much depth they have at quarterback. So I think that will actually make the difference. And then my quick takes on the rankings, like you guys know me, I am not a fan of the Oregon Ducks. The only Ducks that I actually am a fan are are the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. So unless you are uh, watching. The reboot on Disney Plus, that's about as far as I go with supporting the Ducks, period. Um, And then again, you know, the hardest part is always the former playoff champions that are ranked in the top 10. That's always going to be contentious just based off of previous performance, past performance. You know, you know, contrary to what Jordan thinks, Ohio State was a slightly better team than Clemson and they showed it on the field. And so I'd think that's a, they also played half as many games, but you know, it's fine. Whatever. Yes. True, true, true statement. However, I, I think, you know, Michigan is still on this list, which is still disgusting. And I think really the ultimate, that's fair. 
you know, the ultimate thing was, you know, Hey, I'm Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to save my season and my contract by not playing the Buckeyes. Like at, at, at what point do you say, Hey, let's play spoiler for these dudes and try and ruin their season because the only game that really counts in most colleges, you know, unless you're in the SEC, are your rivalry games. So why would you cancel a rivalry game for the sake of canceling it just to say, oh, well, they don't have enough wins to go to the playoff. And of course, you know, when it comes down to, you know, teams that are going to be picked for the top four, it's going to be a power five team that has a great following. And so if you don't like Ohio State, you know, not making the playoffs as often as they do, go buy a freaking Georgia jersey or go buy a Wisconsin jersey. And then that'll probably uh, shift that dynamic of who gets into the playoff. Because I think it's all about money. But uh, I'm going to pass it over to Dan because we are going to talk a little bit about SEC teams since we're talking about that. And Let's uh, just hang on. Let's just hang on a sec. So according to SP Plus, Alabama is 30.7 points better than an average team. Michigan is 15.3 points better than an average team. So what that's telling us is if these two teams played on a neutral field, the tide is only going to roll by about 15 points, you know, two touchdowns, maybe a field goal. Does anybody actually believe that? No, 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 not not even close. Not even close. Like like maybe if they put the, uh, you know, the women's basketball team or re-recruit the the Fab (laughs) Five and have them playing as, you know, 40-year-old men in a college football contest, (laughs) maybe, but I just don't, I don't see that happen. I think, you know, again, it's kind of hard to look at this top 25 and take it seriously, just given the the shortness of the abbreviated season and the lack of performance on a lot of these teams that are listed. Like, do we really believe that Louisiana would do just as good against Alabama as Michigan would? No, Uh, I think I I might believe that. I don't know if I, Oh yeah, if Louisiana and Michigan play, I don't know. That's that's a that's a toss up. Again, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. Like, I get it, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I think I think that's a uh, again. This it's always tricky. And again, you know, given the fact that a lot of college football programs are diving in on on uh, analytics. Yeah, analytics matter. You know, particularly in a case, regardless of what company it's coming from, whether it be ESPN or, or some contracted person. But looking at, you know, looking at this, uh, let's be real. If you take anybody else that's in the top five and put them against Alabama's team last year, the, the result would have still been the same. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, friends, this is a first. We got Jordan Horvath absolutely speechless, so I'll take it. <laughs> what, what do you want me to say, Dan? I, <laughs> I think Louisiana is a good football team. I don't know if they're better than Michigan, and it's not due to coaching or or discipline or anything. I just think there's a talent gap between mm-hmm. Michigan and Louisiana. I understand why Michigan's on there. Their athletic department generated like seven hundred million dollars in revenue or some crazy number. Um, so I, I get it. You know, one of the one of the partners at our firm went to Michigan. So whenever they're ranked, it, it's always good for me because uh, when I talk to him, I can you know remind him of that. Um, but I, I Oregon really six points. Oregon and Alabama, no. Yeah, no, I, I'm with not. you on that one. No, Miami eight points. No, I just I, I think this is garbage, and I think they put out they put something out to have content and to get people riled up on Twitter. So. Fair enough. 
All right. Let's talk SEC because I'm in Atlanta. It's like the the hub of the SEC and, you know, the college football universe kind of revolves around Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, <laughs> oh, let's go, Dano. Yeah. So, listen, uh, this is a newly relaunched podcast, but the idea of college football roundtable is actually as old as as for football itself. As everyone listening to this surely knows, we are first and foremost Army football fans, but we always kind of had in mind to do this expansion that would be other teams that Army fans also follow. And personally, I thought that would be really straightforward. You know, me and Rob Wright, we both follow Tennessee. Um, you know, we both had family that went there. I, I honestly, you guys can tell me if you think this is crazy, but I thought Tennessee, Texas, and Texas A&M, those would probably be the schools that we'd like start off with our, with our expansion. But of course, the Army's a reflection of society. And so, yeah, it only feels like half the Army's from Texas and that the other half is from Tennessee. When we actually pulled this online, we found fans rooting for every imaginable team. So that's kind of why we're starting with the SEC today as we're talking about some of these conferences, because that's the most successful conference in college football. And because, let's face it, a goodly portion of the Army is, if not from Tennessee or Texas, definitely from SEC country. So for better or worse, you know, these are uh, these are the teams that people want to talk about. So, you know, here we are. Um, so, yeah, according to SP Plus, we got Alabama winning the West, Georgia winning the East, Strong also rands in Florida and Missouri. Guys, uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's kind of where I wanted to start. So, yeah. you know, we, we've all listened to this show enough to know that I'm not a fan of the University of Florida. Um, I, I understand. I think Dan Mullen's great. I think they extended his contract. I just don't think losing Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and half of their offensive line, they're going to win the East against Georgia, who's returning quarterbacks, returning most of their offense, returning most of their defense. Um, I think if there's a year that Georgia is going to win the SEC, it's going to be this year. And so I think they're going to win the East easily. I think Florida is going to you know, start out strong like they always do. I think the wheels are going to fall off halfway through the season. Uh, yeah, it definitely could. Um, I tell you what, I thought Kyle Trask was legit for about the first three quarters of the season. Mm -hmm. I was watching that guy. I was like, oh, my God, Florida is back. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, like you said, the wheels came right off. Every year. Personally, I so I already said that I was a Tennessee fan. So I was I was looking at this because my default approach before I started setting up for this show was Tennessee is going to be a dumpster fire again. Right. Like the Vols, they were awesome back in the heyday in the, uh, you know, 80s and all the way up to the late 90s. They yeah. won the national T championship. T Martin. That's the only yeah. name that you need to know for Tennessee. Is T Martin. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Peyton, Peyton Manning had a, had a couple of good games. But yeah, T Martin is the one that actually brought home that national championship, you know. But they got a new uh, athletic director in Danny White, a new coach in uh, Josh Heupel, both from your school there, Jordan, uh, UCF. And they got a progressive approach to name, image, and likeness via what they're calling an entrepreneurship minor. So you can actually, as a football player or just as an athlete, take four credit courses that focus on developing your personal brand, developing your finances, public relations, all that stuff that you can actually take courses on that, which if you're going to be a professional athlete or semi-pro athlete might help. And check it out. They have at home this year, Bowling Green, Pitt, Tennessee Tech, South Carolina, which was just as much a dumpster fire as Tennessee was last year, South Alabama and perennial SEC dumpster fire Vandy. Plus winnable road games, Mizzou and UK. Don't actually think they're going to win at Mizzou if you ask me. But still, th these guys, they could actually get bowl eligible. Now, I don't know if they could actually go to a bowl game because of the sanctions that may or may not be imposed. But I was actually cautiously optimistic as a would-be volunteer fan. So I don't want to rain on your parade. 
Oh, please do. But as a UCF fan, I think Danny White's great. I I think he can be a little annoying at times. I think he's great. And I think the approach he's taking this entrepreneurship minor is great. I am not a fan of Josh Heupel. I think as a head, he is not qualified to be a head coach, in my opinion. I think he's a great offensive coordinator, great offensive mind. He's horrible in front of a camera, does not lead the team well, and does not instill uh, discipline uh, into his team. So that's my two cents. It'll be interesting to see if some fresh blood will be able to kind of change things. But realistically, Josh Heupel got the job because when Danny White became the athletic director, he asked around and no one in their right mind wanted to go work at Tennessee. So Heupel isn't there because he's going to win a national championship in three years. He's there because they couldn't find anyone else to take the job. Well, listen, we're hoping for six wins, right? I mean, with Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Carolina, South Alabama, and Vandy counting for what? One, two, three, four, five of them. You know, that, that still seems doable, if you ask me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to toss out the, the Tennessee Thundercats. They might want to try that minor league football team as well and see if they can <laughs> pick up a, pick up that elusive sixth win. But uh, be, being is that compl- a real team, I just got to ask. I've yeah, it, it actually is. I, I, I use the, uh, the Google machine, and they are a uh, they are NIFL team, which is kind of funny. But oh, uh, being completely honest, I think Jordan has a has a point there with. Uh, Diving into the SEC. I mean, like if you're a coach and you're being courted by SEC team, you want to go with one of the, you know, higher ranked teams in the organization, because if you don't, you're, you're already on life support the day you show up, you know, Mm -hmm. like the, the fact that, you know, a six and five coach, you know, Gus Malzahn was on the chopping block for not winning enough. You know what I mean? It's the SEC. Like if you're not, you know, if you're not, 10 and 0 in the conference and uh, 10 and 0 in the conference period. Nobody cares. Right. You're not Nick Saban. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, and, and that's, that's the unfortunate piece about uh, the the goodness and the badness of the sec, right? The goodness of it is, is like, you know, that there's always going to be some, you know, marauding freaking world eater out there that you're going to be playing against, but there's always going to be that inherent fratricide that happens in the conference that reduces people's opportunity to go to those big bowl games or even into the playoff. You know, like, like who would have thought a couple of years ago when you saw Georgia and Alabama play twice, right? At first, everybody's like, oh, no, we're never going to see that again. You know, we don't want to revisit the SEC championship, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, that was a was that the best game to be made? Maybe. But when you look at the strength of the conference, you know, it it's it's death of a thousand cuts. Like if you're, if you're not the top team, you're basically an also ran and that's makes you basically irrelevant throughout the course of the season. As soon as you lose one in the sec. That, yeah, that is true. You know, if you're Georgia right now, it's gotta be so frustrating, right? Because perennially you've had one of the best five, six teams in college football for, you know, six, 10 years. And all anybody can talk about is Bama. And that's, that's gotta be frustrating. Yeah, my, my cousin is a lifelong diehard Georgia fan, and it is just frustrating as hell for him. And he always makes the point of, hey, you know, we're, we're winning just as many games now as we, we were when we had Mark Richt. So yeah, uh, maybe it's not a coaching issue. Maybe it's an SEC issue. So, But speaking of coaching changes, the uh, Auburn Tigers fired Gus Malzahn, who has the most wins of any coach in college football against Nick Saban. 
And that's amazing. That's I don't amazing. fully understand how you turn around and fire that man. You know, he took you to a national championship. You know, you, you consistently go to bowl games. You consistently, you know, win football games, have winning records. You, you fire him. So, you know, as a UCF fan, that's fantastic for me. Uh, as a newfound Auburn fan, because my new girlfriend went to Auburn, not really thrilled about that. Uh, but we have head coach uh, Brian Harson from Boise State. You know, Boise State uh, is the perennial underdog. Um, some would even call them the patron state of the underdogs. So we'll see if he brings that attitude to, you know, the SEC West, where admittedly, because Alabama's in the conference, Alabama's always the underdog. Um, cool thing <laughs> is they have uh, full capacity for the fall, like most schools and, you know, the South, it's <laughs> open for business. Uh, I mean, listen, New York City is open for business at this point. All right, Dan, come on. Florida was open in April of last year. All right. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. big question going in is, will this be the year for Bo Nix? Yeah. He's like the prodigal son who was promised and he has returned to Jordan Hare and hasn't really panned out. So we'll see if this is his year. Uh, LSU quarterback uh, TJ Finley transferred in and he's vying for that starting spot. So it'll be interesting to see that that quarterback matchup. Uh, winnable games this year for Auburn, Akron, Alabama State, Georgia State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. Uh, tough games at Penn State, LSU, assuming they bounce back, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Bama. So it, it very well could be another year of bowl game uh, irrelevance, but uh, we'll see. What are your guys' thoughts? All right, so I, I got go ahead. Go ahead. Well, my thing is, if we're going to, we've got uh, Boise State coming in, the Boise State head coach coming in on board. As long as I get to see that awesome Statue of Liberty play that they uh, pulled off a couple years ago at some point. Against Oklahoma? Yeah. That, yes. Mm, gives me chills. I, yes. I, I, I'm down for that 100% completely. And maybe that's the wrinkle that they need because, you know, when you look at Auburn as a team, they usually try and go smash mouth football or you know, depending upon if they have a, a quarterback like Scam Newton in the backfield, <laughs> they'll run uh, some RPO stuff. But for the most part, you know, they're kind of a they're kind of a black and blue team. And, you know, that's the, that's been the difficulty that they've struggled with the last couple of years is finding that identity without having that showcase feature back. Like, can you name a running back that has started for Auburn in the last four years? I no. can't. I yeah, can't. <laughs> and, and well, and and that's and that's part of the problem, you know, because normally they have a Heisman Trophy candidate sitting there in the backfield, and it's not because of recruiting or anything else like that. It's just simply because they haven't featured that kind of uh, talent. In yeah, but I, I could tell you right now, you know, who played running back at Georgia the last three seasons. So, yeah, it's it, yeah, I get, I, I hear you. Um, I gotta say. I thought that the all-conference schedule last year hurt some teams more than other teams. So mm -hmm. you look at a team like Missouri; they finished five and five. Kentucky finished five and six. Auburn finished six and five. Ole Miss five and five. LSU five and five. All these teams, you know, they pad out their resumes with two or three non-conference wins. Now all of a sudden, all those schedules look pretty good, right? Yeah. You know, instead of being a five hundred team or in Kentucky's case five and six, but probably one of the better teams in college football, you know, now suddenly you're probably, let's say, you know, eight and four or something. And that's a huge, huge difference in the way that we just think about the season. Um, even Tennessee that finished three and seven, like knock off a couple of those killer SEC teams, add in, you know, three non-conference wins. And suddenly it, maybe the coach doesn't get fired. 
Well, I, I think giving money to ca- cash to recruits in McDonald's bags will get you fired anywhere. But well, absolutely. I hear your they point. Should have used Wendy's or or In and Out Burger. I mean, yeah, McDonald's that's going cheap, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, everybody knew what that was. Come on, some Chick Fil A bags. No one would have looked in the Chick Fil A bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because Chick Fil A uh, is delicious. But I think oh, that man. you know, I think all in, all in all, this season's going to be pretty. Pretty interesting to watch just because everybody's rebounding from, from COVID and because of the virus and the impacts that it had on all other conferences in college football. I think it just means that they literally have to to dig in a little bit more and figure out what is going on. I think I'm I, I'm going to be a I will be a bigger fan of the SEC this year than I was last year because it yeah. seemed like, you know, they were just they had a schedule, but it wasn't impressive. And, you know, occasionally you like to watch the. You know, occasionally you like to watch one of those powder puff games to see if the teams can keep it close. And, uh, you know, given how Alabama just destroys everybody in recruiting and everything else, it basically puts them in the driver's seat again for the SEC. You know, unless Nick Saban catches COVID, has a heart attack and breaks his leg, I don't see any <laughs> difference in the overall performance in Alabama. Uh, this yeah. Season. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Jordan, you want to take us through news? Absolutely. So in shocking news to literally no one who has a brain, Johnny Manziel admitted he got paid for autographs after he won the Heisman. Shocking. Not sure I can't why believe that's it. Shocking. news. Uh, anyway, come on. Uh, so as of this recording, we are 82 days from the start of college football. I cannot wait. It is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, in some sad news, but also not sad if you don't like the Naval Academy, Navy denied uh, Cameron Kinsey's request to postpone his commitment. Uh, He was a, I think, a defensive back with the Buccaneers, and he is not allowed to appeal that decision. So he has to leave the Buccaneers summer camp uh, to go to his, I don't know what they call it in the Navy, but in the Army, it's, it's Bullock. So. Yeah, he got smoked, man. You know, his agents out there posting mean tweets. It's uh, I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Well, it's a shame. That's a that's a flip flop on a policy that happened, yeah. you know, and 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 unfortunately, well, it's Navy. Who cares? Right. Th- to be honest, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Navy guy. But I, I, I think is uh, I think is Bullock paid is for information warfare. So clearly he probably needs to take that entrepreneurship class so he can get better at his Navy job, which is providing <laughs> yeah. information and leveraging it against uh, what's currently out there. Exactly. Well, you can see it real time with his uh, information attack on the secretary of the Navy that denied his request. It does suck, though. I mean, that guy's probably going to lose a half million dollars if he could have played for, let's say, two years. Um, You know, that's that's not a bad way to kick off your Navy career. Two years on the Bucks practice squad. Uh, I guess not. Yeah, but I I get that. But, you know, at the same time, he went to the academy with the assumption that he would serve. So. Can't feel that bad for him. Also, trashing your boss on Twitter is not a great yeah. look. But for <laughs> questionable, Navy, questionable decision. It's a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you also got to think like he should. He could have led with like the picture of the shi- the pirate ship in the end zone. Like, there's a boat here. I'm in the Navy. <laughs> yeah. There. You know, there's a, there's a lot of other techniques that he probably could have used short of trashing his boss on a on a social media platform. Yeah, because that oh, that will never come back to haunt him later in his yeah, career. Absolutely. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna be. Not only are they gonna force him to serve out his commitment, they're gonna pass him over for O two. 
Exactly. He's going to be an 01 for five years stuck yeah. in a submarine somewhere. Like, uh, so. and, yeah. And that, and, and that folks is, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, the albatross was a good thing until somebody shot it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how it boils down. Yep. But, uh, Hey gents, I think that's about it. So, uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, remember emblem athletic for your custom athletic gear. And until next week, we will uh, see you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, tell your friends, everybody. Thanks for listening to the AskForFootball.com College Football Roundtable. Join the Ask for Football team for our next episode as we bring you more hot takes and college football analysis. We would like to thank our sponsor at Emblem Athletic. Be your own hero for your unit or team today. You can find us at AskForFootball.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at AskForFootball. <laughs>